Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, aliens, psychics, religion, new age, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, holistic health, philosophy, and even dating. Some shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and discoveries, while other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up what spirituality in today's modern world really looks like. Remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit me up at thelovelyleah.com or at thelovelyleah on Instagram so we can connect. Become a Patreon supporter to get access to behind the scenes of our guests, freebies, early access to new episodes, discounts on merch, and more. Hello, my beautiful babes. Welcome to another week of spiritual shit. You can probably hear in my voice that a renewed sense of vigor has come over me. <laughs> after last week man what a shift um i just i I feel like a lot of people were going through something last week upon the daylight savings and new moon and i just felt like in a lot of my clientele a lot of the posts that i was reading and and so on that like everybody was just really going through it um did you feel that like were you having like a really stellar week last week or was it did it feel super heavy Um, I had just come into contact with, you know, every low part of myself and, um, no shame in that, you know, like really having to look at some shadow aspects of myself that were just crummy (laughs) and I'm excited because I have, you know, the veil has cleared and I got really in tune and let myself feel my feelings and have come to this severe almost place of gratitude and um, elation for what I've been through, what I'm going through, how it's growing me, um, how it's producing content for everyone. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes I, I joke on the show that sometimes I'm going through shit, so I have something to talk about on the show. But anyway, there's just been a, a sense of like really like just gratefulness of um, you know, all the things that the universe has given me up to this point and great, more so gratefulness for the experience. This is contrast. This is what I'm here for. This is what you're here for. And learning so many depths of myself that I wouldn't have been able to through this process of these catalysts. So I felt super, super thankful. Um, besides that, you know, we have this incredible guest that's coming on today that um, I'm really stoked about because um, we present and talk about Jesus Christ very differently. And, um, I believe that even in this episode, I had some healing stuff occur that was really wonderful. And a lot of, uh, viewpoints that I felt like were kind of integrated and aligned in this conversation. So I hope that it's really healing for you as well, regardless of your beliefs or where you stand. Um, because me personally, I believe that like most of the entities that we've kind of come up with are, like ascended masters in some kind of way. They're all teachers in some format. Um, and that there are maybe many ways that we can come to enlightenment or this particular place of what we can all deem our individually, what our heaven is. And, um, and he just speaks in such a way that feels really calming to the, the apprehension that humans have kind of set up as, um, you know, this judgment or hail that's coming down on you. Um, that keeps you from really being able to live in your experience 
any way that you really see fit. And so um, that'll be confusing for some. Some will very much uh, vehemently disagree with me. And that's okay. Uh, I encourage everybody to have their own position on this, but I do think this is a super valuable conversation. Um, besides that, again, I want to thank all of my Patreon members. Um, I'm going to ramp up the content there uh, the next couple of weeks. I've been a little bit distracted uh, in my slump and I haven't been updating as much as I want to. And I want to give a big shout out to our Manifest Them course takers. Um, those of you who have been writing me that have been saying it's changing your fucking life. I'm so excited for you and so happy that you've really enjoyed the course. We also have a mentorship program that's a container that um, some people signed up for. And um, and it's 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 such a beautiful community that I'm also super thankful for that I get to be a part of. Um, we created it, but I feel like I'm getting to be a part of it. And so it's been a really, really valuable week of learning uh, through both of those programs. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Manifest Them is a course that me and Sharon Eskandani uh, developed uh, to help you learn how to manifest your soulmate. But man, <laughs> it's so much more. It's more about uh, manifesting the life that you want and learning the kind of what's uh, stopping you in your tracks. So anyway, check that out if you want to. Uh, as always, if you support this show, repost it on your stories, find a way to support the show, to keep it going. Um, my plan and my hope is to keep this show going through my maternity leave that like we keep having episodes every week. Um, but the only way can, we can do that is really with your deep support. Um, I'm trying really hard not to necessarily take a break and I, not to that I'm not taking a break, but to get the shows lined up ahead of time. So that way there's still content, but you know, we'll see what the universe has. Maybe the universe is like, it's time to actually take a break. Um, which I hear you guys going, no, um, and myself as well. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> so anyway, I love you guys and let's get into this next episode, which I think you're going to really like. Dr. Brent Satterfield has worked as a DNA scientist for many years with the hope of inventing technologies that would benefit the world. This is how he understood his mission here on Earth and had no idea that there was another one coming. While he's been exceedingly successful at his recent technologies, such as DNA testing technologies that have impacted millions of people in the world, more than 50 countries that have also helped with the COVID-19 pandemic, his logical mind still searched for something more. Dr. Brent was a man of faith. Following multiple experiences with heaven, he soon became a student of consciousness and experiences of God in cultures around the world. He's achieved mastery level in matrix energetics, theta healing, Reiki, and other healing modalities, in addition to studying techniques of the Native Americans, Hindu miracle workers, and Christian street healers. In his book, Bringing Heaven Home, Satterfield, Ph.D., recounts his journey of shifting his conservative Christian beliefs through many NDE-like out-of-body experiences. His search for truth resulted in his involvement in reassessing conservative Christianity. However, he found that as he had more and more supernatural experiences, even the leaders of various churches could not relate with him. In December 2020, he became the co-founder of Inner World Movement. He's excited to begin developing online courses and gathering communities to promote this message, as well as he's an author of two books, Faith to Produce Miracles and Bringing Heaven Home, that express his true desire in connecting with like-minded individuals 
sharing spiritual experiences and walking with individuals that are determined to find out what is the most authentic path for themselves and spirituality. Please welcome Dr. Brent Satterfield to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm your host, Aaliyah Lovely. And today we have Brent Satterfield here, which I'm super excited to interview because we are going to be getting into some pretty crazy stuff, out-of-body experiences, the science behind some of the technologies and how the body works, in addition to uh, some some vernacular on Jesus, which we haven't mentioned very much on this show. Say hey to everybody. Hello. It's great to be here. Thanks for being here. Um, first I want to just go through and like, and people who've listened to the show know my background with religion, my background with spirituality, um, and specifically my background with Christianity and how burned I've been personally. So I haven't actually had a chance to have someone on the show who can bring light to the character or personhood of Jesus Christ that has a bit more of a, a open, <laughs> Um, I'll say a backdoor opening of uh, perception. And so I'm really interested to see what you have to say about that, given that you've had some pretty potent experiences with him or her in person. (laughs) Um, But before we get into that, I really would love for you to kind of give everybody your background, um, you know, kind of what you've been through in your life that's brought you to this point, especially uh, your background in the science field. Okay. Thank you, Leah. And I, as you pointed out, I do have a scientific background. I got a PhD in bioengineering and went on to work with um, governments in the developing world. My, my whole focus was to try and figure out ways to reduce the cost of healthcare, get diagnostics to the countries, the people that needed it most. <clears throat> and most recently, some of my technology was used by a company here in the US to develop a COVID-19 test, one of the first that was available during the pandemic. So it's been interesting just to see my technology be used around the world and in a way that, that benefits people. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that being said, you know, I have another, you know, it's, it's one life by day, another by night, so to speak. And <laughs> so I've, I've got the spiritual side of me too. And over the past number of years, I had a series of out-of-body experiences, just spontaneous, unexpected, um, you know, one of which uh, followed a, a the feeling of, of dying, that I was going to die and I was going to, uh, well, exit this life. And I found myself in the presence of Jesus uh, during a couple of those. I also experienced a, a few different perspectives of heaven. So, so getting to experience heaven from the perspective of, say, Hinduism um, versus uh, just the, the, the type of Christian background that I came out of. Very cool. Um, so what was your, like, what was your childhood like, your background? Like, how did you grow up? Where did you come from? Um, because like, to me, it's super interesting to talk to somebody who has such a strong science background that also has a very strong spiritual experience. Um, there's, they're, they're not often married. And right. so I would love to hear, like, how did you grow up? Where did you come from? Like, give us the scoop. <laughs> sure. So I grew up in Florida and you know, I had two parents, which is a wonderful thing. My, my dad was really strict, uh, kind of a Southern mentality of spare the rod, spoil the child. And so he was kind of something of a perfectionist, always driving me to, to do more. Both my parents were college educated. My dad ran his own business. And so there was always this expectation that I was going to go on and do something wonderful with my life. So all the scientific side of that, it fits in with the kind of family background I had. On the spiritual side, 
neither of my parents were religious. They never talked about religious subjects or spiritual subjects, but it's just that I personally, um, I guess I came into this world for a different purpose than my parents. Uh, probably like many of us, like all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I, I, started asking the questions that them and their ancestors did not ask, uh, you know, the purpose of being in this life, what we're here for. So even early on, you know, I, my senior year, senior year of high school, I spent a lot of that time in meditation and prayer rather than out doing the types of things that my friends were doing at that time. And so it, it's just a personal interest, I guess, that's, that's developed. And it's one of those things that once you have experienced the other side and even a small degree it's really hard to go back to your old life and just run through the motions the way that everybody else seems to be doing. Mm -hmm. You just feel pulled by something deeper. And that something deeper aligned me with, with the Christian narrative for quite some time. And then, uh, you know, in having some of these experiences, it just shifted the perspective entirely uh, to see that there was a lot more room um, for for beliefs than what I had initially imagined hmm. there was there's more space and I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into that conversation with you which is where we're going next because <laughs> I want to I want to hear about that I think that for a lot of us who are experiencing what people have have coined awakening um, are starting to understand that space and starting to see some of us have grown up super religious some of us have had no religious background at all um, and with all the varying different backgrounds, we're starting to see like, well, wait a minute, there's, there's a lot more to this experience than we've been taught or even privy to. So um, first, I would like to define your out of body experience, because uh, for some people, they're not sure like what to look at that or how to look at that. Um, can you describe your first one? Sure. So the first one, um, and I'd say it happened in an unusual circumstance, but I, I think that that's probably the nature of most everything we experience in this, <laughs> in this space. But um, I had met a woman who had had a series of near-death experiences, her first one in a plane crash, and she'd had several following the first one just due to complications from that crash. And she, one of the gifts that she returned with was the ability to help people cross over without having to die themselves. And so she reached out to me and told me that I was supposed to have a meeting with Jesus. And I'm, you know, I, <laughs> I I'm I not sure how to eyebrows. say, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you got a scientist who's like, yeah, sure. Let's go do that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was part of my faith because I lived Christianity the way that I lived it um, very different than I think most Christians live it. The way that I believed about it, very different for me, it was always a living faith. It wasn't something that I did because, you know, my pastor told me to, or, or my friends and family told me to, it was, it was an experiential thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I could feel the other side. And from, you know, even back when I was in ninth grade, I remember hearing voices on the other side, mm -hmm. um, talking to me. And so it was a very real thing. And so the idea of, uh, having an encounter with Jesus, a personal one was, was not only like a possibility for me, it was something like, yeah, of course that's going to happen in my life. It's just part of what I'm here for is to have that experience. And so I, when she told me that it was just kind of like a confirmation of, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and so I was excited about it and I went to meet with her and, uh, during one of our, our meetings together, I had this really profound vision 
meaning that like I could, I felt it, but I could, it was so strong in the feeling that I could see it too. And I could see myself placing my hand on her heart, almost like I had a piece of her heart that um, she needed back. And, you know, I, I had no background in energy healing or any of these other types of things that you probably run into all the time. Mm-hmm. But at, at that point, I just saw myself putting my hand on her heart. And so I did it. Um, or as I, I started to move toward her heart anyway, and I stopped and I thought, wait, holy cow, I'm about to put my hand on this woman's chest. And, and she might not like that. So, <laughs> salt. <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, but she saw what I was going to do and she grabbed my hand and went ahead and put it squarely over her heart. And she says, that's exactly where Jesus puts his hand. And as soon as she did it, there was this like explosion of energy inside of me. Like I was feeling pins and needles all over my body, but, you know, thousands of times stronger to the point where it, I couldn't feel the boundaries between my body and the world around me anymore. And there was also in a space where I was having a really hard time differentiating my thoughts from her thoughts. Like I couldn't, I just couldn't tell who thought that. Um, and so as I'm expressing to her what I'm feeling and experiencing with, with a little bit of confusion, she's, she gets excited and says, that's the feeling you get right before you cross over. So for her, that was the same experience as a near death experience that you have this feeling come on. And then, you know, the next moment you pop out of your body. And so she encouraged me to lie down and then to release into that feeling completely. At which point in time, I did find myself out of my body. Um, and then the, the experience, the feeling, um, was for me, it was one of immense joy, immense love. And in that, that particular, that first one, um, it's like, I started having, there were, there were multiple experiences that happened. There were some where I would, I met some angelic beings and was, uh, shown different concepts on the other side. And there were, there was another one where I, I remembered, like before this life, uh, living before this life, as it were, but in a heavenly state, not even in a body at that point in time, and where I was conversing with Jesus and with God. And the, the thought that hit me as I'm having this memory come back, one, there was all this love, just incredible joy. Um, and two, it was, it was Jesus was laughing. And I remember thinking, this doesn't fit into my religious conception, like nowhere in my narrative did he ever laugh? Because, you know, in, in the biblical versions that we have of his life, he cries. <laughs> He's really serious. He kind of yells at the Pharisees. and But he never, like, laughter just wasn't a, a thing. And he's laughing. And it was the most beautiful healing sound in the world. And I'm thinking, how did I not know this? I mean, I had all the things that I think I know is like some of the, the most important aspects I don't know at all. Mm-hmm. And the other piece that was just so profoundly penetrating for me at that point in time is that I was experiencing, um, it was a state of absolute acceptance, just like envelopment of love in a way that I have never known in this life. I mean, we talk about the divine being like a loving space or a, a loving being or however we want to, to, to look at that experience. But the concept of love is a word that each of us has internalized as children. Mm-hmm. You know, the way that our parents treated us, the way that society treated us, the way that our lovers treated us, um, it's, that's where our concept of love comes from. And none of that has anything to do with the love that is experienced on the other side, this state of absolute acceptance, envelopment. And so I, it was just this astonishing realization of this feeling that's so beautiful to where I have no fear whatsoever 
it can only exist if there is no judgment. Mm -hmm. It was just absolutely clear as day that my entire religious structure was upside down Hmm. because all of my beliefs, all of my actions, all of my attitudes were based on this idea that one, there was a God and two, that God was, um, had the potential to be disappointed in me or to judge me or to something else. And in a moment, just a moment's time feeling the intensity of that love, there was this understanding of there is no judgment that all of the way that I had internalized religion was backward Mm-hmm. That my understanding of God, my understanding of Jesus, my understanding of the whole system was upside down. Now, this is a, a really beautiful thought. <laughs> I mean, I can get on board with that. Um, and, you know, how did you come out of that experience, um, having practiced, you know, Western Christianity before and knowing how much that conflicts with what the Bible says about hell and judgment day and thou shall not, and, and so on. I think I saw or read something that you had mentioned about how we're all meant to have all of our experiences. Um, yeah. and there's no judgment behind any of our experiences. We're supposed to, we're supposed to have all this stuff and that we do and not do and, you know, whatever and so on. So how did you come out of that experience feeling that your foundation of everything you were like, this is ass backwards. It's kind of funny because I didn't realize how different I was until I started going back to church hmm. because I'm still thinking, okay, it's like, well, I, I saw Jesus. So of course, you know, I'm, I'm still Christian and I, like, you know, yeah, great. <laughs> and then I'm going he's to real. church and yeah, he's real. It's like, okay, yeah. So this is great. Just validates my point of view. And so I start going to church and I'm listening to the things that people are saying and, and thinking, okay, yeah, that's in the Bible, but the way that you're reading it is it's backward. It's, it's upside down. It's like, because you're reading it from the space of fear, you're reading from the space of judgment, and that isn't the truth of what exists on the other side. And so um, the transition wasn't something that happened overnight for me. It was like a very gradual, almost a a week by week, (laughs) like frankly, every, every week going back to church and going, wait, this isn't like my experience of heaven. It's like, how many times did I have to do that Mm. before saying, okay, something's off. Mm -hmm. And, um, but at the same time, I think for myself, and, I, and, and there may be a few others who are in that same space, that there was something that I really enjoyed about my experience of Christianity. And so as much as I was seeing things that weren't right, I was having a hard time sorting through and pulling out the parts that I loved hmm. while letting go of the things that were not consistent with the heavenly space that I was in. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's part of what took so much time is I'm just trying to figure out Um, can I do that? And also, I think there's a a high degree of ownership um, as children of of what our parents think about us, of what our societies think about us, of what our our religions think about us. And so letting go of all that ownership of what other people think and what, what they say the standard is or should be, and coming to trust that inner voice with greater um, confidence than the voice of the world around us. So this, this was a long ongoing process for me. And it was probably sped up a lot by the fact that I had several more of these out-of-body experiences. The second one lasting for several hours and being far more intense. And then as I moved into to even beyond starting to see other heavens, and it was like something that I, I'd never considered before. Mm-hmm. But once you are having the experience and in the space of, wow, 
other religions, other religions are just as valid as my own and other points of view in their way of experiencing God, describing it, they, it's like, not only do they lead to God, but they lead to an individual experience of the divine. Mm-hmm. It's like, like almost like a different flavor of ice cream. If, if you could call Christianity vanilla, then, I mean, to have the experience of <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> vanilla, I mean, vanilla. All right. <laughs> but, you know, it was a sensation for me of like, I've gone my whole life only eating vanilla ice cream. And it's a very real ice cream for those who are able to have spiritual experiences in that space. It's beautiful. And it's the beauty of it that keeps them from seeing the truth in other areas. But then all of a sudden running into chocolate ice cream and thinking, oh, wow, (laughs) did I pick the wrong flavor? Like, dang it. Um, And (laughs) so. (laughs) I like this analogy. (laughs) But that so was my, actually having... my next question, because I was thinking like, according to your version of what you learned from your Jesus, that the experience that you had, um, then, then other religions would then be as just as valid every experience that they were meant to have in order to encounter the divine in some capacity. It was just a different stairway to the same place. Yes. Um, Jesus was a very different, I mean, he was like the same as what I was expecting, but he was more than what I was expecting Mm. because I I guess I would have always imagined that, I mean, you run into the quote leader of a religion and that they're going to say, yes, you, you picked the right religion. You did it right. And congratulations, keep going. And so the episode of South park where have you seen that? (laughs) The Mormons got it right. You guys can say everybody else has to leave. And one guy's like, yes, I did. And the other people like shit, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly that. So, but, and so I'm almost expecting that type of an experience and, but that wasn't it at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, during my second experience with him, I had a lot of time, spent a couple hours with him. And he went through this in-depth life, life review with me, but it wasn't like a looking back at all my, the stuff that I did and saying, oh, you messed up here and you should have done better. It was more like, you haven't learned to love yourself here yet. Mm-hmm. You have, because in that space, there was so much love. I mean, it was like, it was a feeling of blissful joy to the point that it felt to me that if my body had been present, that it would have dissolved, like mm-hmm. all the, the atoms would have just fallen apart. It couldn't have held together in the space of that much joy and that much love. And so as he came to me and he embraced me, as he looked me in my eyes, um, there was this sense of absolute acceptance that everything that I had done was perfect and that he was taking me back into the moments where I thought that I had made the biggest mistakes or where other people had treated me in ways I thought I'm never going to get over that. And he was taking me into those spaces and allowing me to see through his eyes in a way that, that it was just perfect. Mm-hmm. So rather than the condemnation that I would have expected, like that South Park kind of image, it was actually more of, no, look how beautiful this is. It was him releasing me from my judgment, not from God's judgment. Mm-hmm. And say that again, t- say that everybody <laughs> needs to hear that again. So what Jesus did for me, that was, I mean, it just huge. It was releasing me from my judgment, mm. from the judgment of people in this world that I had accepted as my own. And he was showing me, I didn't need to carry that anymore, mm. that I could let it go so that I could feel the love on the other side in deeper and more beautiful ways. It was not God's judgment he was helping with me with. It was mine. That to me is such a liberating statement. 
because especially in our, our current society or our culture, Westernly, if you will, um, it's all about the judgment, <laughs> you know, like the judgment is the, is the thing, like it's the, um, you know, the, the more the, the key principle and being able to decipher and determine if you're in or if you're out. And um, my experience, especially with Christianity has been very much one of those, like having to fit in. Um, did you read enough Bible verses? Did you know enough stuff? Did you, did you save enough people? Um, and this kind of approach of feeling so much, I mean, such a guilty child I was like, oh my God, I had a lustful thought, <laughs> you know, thou, thou shalt pluck out thy eye. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, it was so hard to feel free and so hard to feel love because I was taught, you know, you're just a sinner. You're, you're a nobody like without Jesus, you're this, that, and the other. And so you, you learn very early. I did learn very early that I was, I was nothing. So as soon as I had this kind of breakaway from religion, it was like, okay, I still feel like nothing. My programming for my foundational youth has told me that I'm nobody. And that judgment didn't go away just because I changed my belief systems. It was part of the foundational way in which I felt as a human. And like then trying to separate that and come into a place of like self-love. Was that a journey? (laughs) But tell me about like, so how did your second experience um, spur on? Like, did you do that consciously? Because a lot of times, uh, what people may identify with is, is this is a type of astral travel um, or a type of dream state that may you you may have entered. Were you fully awake? Were you did you feel conscious? You being a scientist, I'm sure can explain this in detail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, before I step into that one, I just want to say one more thing to what you were you were just describing this process yeah. of coming out of all of that religious judgment and even how once you left the religion, it was just still part of your being, almost mm-hmm. like you had to like break out Re-program. of the yeah, you reprogram, break out of the cocoon. You, you've got to liberate yourself. And that was exactly what I felt like Jesus was doing. And it's just, it was ironic because so much of the judgment I was carrying was religious. Mm-hmm. And so he's releasing me from the judgment that was coming from Christianity. And I'm just thinking, that's that's funny. But I, <laughs> I didn't have the thought now. I have it now. It's, it's, it's silly now. It is irony. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> at the time, it was just joyful. So, so starting this experience, uh, this particular one, I, I had that, um, I had a moment where, you know, you're kind of thinking about your life moving forward and you're thinking about your life choices and there's that choice in your heart that, you know, is the right choice. And then there's everything in the world that's telling you, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I had one of those moments of, okay, I'm, I'm just going to surrender and I'm going to yield to whatever process that God is opening inside of me. And I'm just going to allow it to happen. And in that moment of letting go, uh, that pins and needles feeling that I had with the, the woman previously, had, it just came all over me, but, mm-hmm. but this time by myself and it built, it built to a much higher intensity. And because I'd felt it before, I'm thinking, oh, this is fun. I'm, I might be about to see God again. This is, <laughs> this is great. Um, but then there was an explosion that went off inside of my stomach. It felt like a, it literally to me, it felt like a supernova. It just, it was so much fire and energy and then it moved up into my heart. And when it hit my heart, that's where it stopped being fun because it felt like my physical heart was jumping in directions it wasn't supposed to go in. And I thought I'm, I'm having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I can't feel my face. I can't feel my body. <laughs> my heart feels like it's about to explode. And 
it was just like, okay, well, <laughs> I guess this is it. <laughs> guess this is it. And, and so there was a, a moment of going through, and it may be that I just was, was not raised in the, in the spiritual paths where I would have known what this feeling was or what was happening, uh, that this was more of a, of a spiritual transition than a death thing. But for me, not having any context for it, I, I thought literally that I was going to die. Yeah. And so, um, I saw my loved ones, I, you know, just kind of went through my mind and I'm thinking, wow, that's going to be sad to leave them behind. And, um, but then I just accepted, surrendered and, uh, my heart exploded. I felt like an explosion. And then I found myself in this beautiful light and it was, it was like a feeling of being connected to all understanding, like all knowledge, all understanding, I felt my whole being just weeping, just full from this joy. And there was a sense of, I've done it. Like I, I finally come to the space in my life that I came into this world to come into. Mm. And there was a moment of just everything made sense. Like all the hard moments, all the, the good moments, they just all interwove in a way that I could see how they'd led me to this precise moment in time to feel connection with the divine light. Um, and as I would start to put my mind in any direction on any thought subject. It's like there was a whole world of information that just opened up from it. Mm -hmm. And then as I would have questions on the, the different pieces of information that were opening up, they would all be answered. And all of this was happening in just a, a single moment in time. So there's just yeah. a, a massive amount of information flowing without the limits of our brains to prevent that right. information from completely integrating. And so I sat in that light for probably 15, 20 minutes. And then there was another explosion of light just as big as the first one. So it just, I mean, it was almost like I'd never felt joy before, mm. never felt love. And that was the moment where I felt Jesus's presence. Cause I, you, you feel people there before you see them. They just, they're, they, it's almost like they're announcing their presence. And so, um, just a split second before he came into my field of vision, there was that feeling. And what did he look like? <laughs> so for me, he, I, it was, I saw nothing but light in a mm -hmm. sense. And so, <clears throat> so I see a figure silhouetted in light. Um, and almost as if his body was made out of light. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it feels to me like the details that I got from what he looks like were more like my brain putting information onto mm -hmm. the light rather than me actually getting a, you know, like a description I could give to a, a police artist to have them drawn <laughs> out or something, right? Yeah. So. <clears throat> that makes sense. Um, that makes sense. I've had some experiences that are, have been weird to say the least. And my, <laughs> um, what my perception felt most comfortable with is what I perceived. So I was curious. Yeah. Yeah. Because he approached me very much. I mean, as much as there were paradigm busting aspects of this, he's still approaching me from within largely my understanding. Right. And kind of, and it's <clears throat> so much so that like during the experience, I'm not even seeing the differences. It's afterward that I'm going, whoa, whoa, <laughs> there were some major differences between what I believe and what just happened. And now yeah. how do I reconcile that? Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. So while you were there and you had time to spend with him, um, you know, I'm sure I would have a litany of questions that I would want to ask and have answered. Um, was there anything specific that you brought to him about 
our world versus what you were experiencing there uh, that brought deeper clarity to your understanding or philosophy of the world? That is a beautiful question. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I I think answers are only as good as the questions that we ask. And so... (laughs) And, and unfortunately, I was not prepared with a notebook of, of questions to ask in this experience, <laughs> but it feels a little bit like um, that it's not your mind that, I mean, yes, your mind can ask questions, but there is this drama that's playing out that's taking place at a much deeper level than what your mind might ask. Mm-hmm. And so the questions of the heart are being answered like anything that the heart might imagine or feel it's like before you can even have a chance to feel it. And that was my experience with him is I'd start to imagine something or start to feel something. And then he would open up an experiential discussion on that subject. And what I mean, what I mean by experiential discussion is that there's a conversation like you and I are having, but there is information outside of the words. It's like an energy um, that you can feel that's very expansive It's just in that divine space, it is so expansive that it takes you into an experience. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like you were having, you know, lifetimes of of engagement, interaction, understanding in the same breath as the the verbal conversation that's going on. Mm -hmm. And so the, after he kind of went through my life review and was just loving me, the pieces that he started showing me had to do with uh, the transition of the earth, like, like things that were going to happen in my life moving forward in the future. And they were less concrete. Like you're going to get, you know, a a lottery ticket tomorrow and you're going to win the lottery. It wasn't, you know, stuff like that. It was more, um, it was spiritual information of here are the feelings that are going to take place in the world. Here are the shifts that are going to come, not like on a calendar, but like certain transitions in the way that people see themselves, the way they see each other, the way they see God. Um, And then the process by which it happened. Mm -hmm. So that to me was the most fascinating thing is, you know, coming out of of this Christian background where it's like, okay, pray, 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 because we're all sinners. And, you know, if, if maybe if enough of us pray, then we will not burn in hell. Um, we won't be in the South Park video. So, <laughs> um, but what he was showing me was something entirely different because I'm, I'm experiencing the love of God as we're talking. It's, it's not something outside. It's not, like, not something above and beyond, or we're there. We're having the experience in the light. And he is showing me, again, it's like I'm experiencing it as he's talking. So I'm seeing an image of the world. And on the world, I'm seeing all these people across the face of it. And I see certain of them are, they're like glowing, like stars. Mm. And some are brighter and some are dimmer, but there are these stars and all these different cultures and all these different regions of the earth. And what I'm seeing is that the difference between the space where I was with Jesus, where there was this beautiful love, and then the space where we're here on earth, where there's all this suffering and this feeling of lack, and just like you can't quite ever get there or put your finger on what, it's your, what it is you're looking for. Um, but that difference was not decreed by God. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like God's up there saying, ha ha, you guys have to suffer down there until you figured the test out. And um, <clears throat> it's, it was more of, we were having an experience that we, we were not so separate from God, mm-hmm. that it was almost like we were divine beings who had momentarily forgotten who and what we were. Um, and that we were plugged into a system of consciousness, 
almost like a series of programs that were embedded into all of our bodies, like a shared series of programs, much like the internet might be. Mm-hmm. You, know, you go online and you're kind of using your, your browser. Um, it's a shared program. Everybody's getting a similar experience by accessing the same browser. And so right. we're accessing a ser- certain series of programs and consciousness that create an illusion of separation from God, from love, from unity, from connection, from all these beautiful things. And what he was showing me <clears throat> is that there were certain people who were, they were seeing through the illusion. Mm-hmm. That in moments of prayer and moments of meditation, they were connecting to a feeling outside of themselves, outside of this illusion. And some of them, you know, it was, it was, some were very simple, very plain, just connecting and just like, wait, this, this illusion isn't making much sense. This stuff that I've been taught, these things I've been told doesn't make much sense. Right. Others were having more dramatic experiences and they were, they were brighter, but regardless, all who were engaging in that we're penetrating this veil of illusion and every single person that penetrated it left a hole in it. Hmm. And so the more holes that got poked into it, the less, um, the less sound that structure was like the whole veil, as it were, began to crumble and came mm-hmm. down all at once until everybody who was left on the earth came through into that state of blissful joy and love altogether. And so it was just this, this beautiful, uh, again, experiential vision of just seeing people come into higher consciousness, Mm -hmm. come into an awakened state where in the body, they could feel the same love that I was feeling in Jesus's presence in that moment. Damn. I mean, cause what you're describing is what we talk about all the time about the, this awakening or this transition from this frequency to the next one. Mm -hmm. And which is interesting because in i guess in perspective of religion and stuff you cannot really have hell in a in a situation where love and acceptance are the predominant ways in which this particular entity operates and something i got in an interesting conversation with my mom one time um that was emotion very emotionally charged um but i said um you know do you think there are any typos in the bible and she was like, absolutely not. No, there can't be any typos <laughs> in the Bible. And I said, is there any way that this could have been translated or been mi- the words could have been misconstrued or, you know, whatever, where we're not quite grasping the correct um, interpretation? Because I mean, I remember when with my ex-husband, there would, he'd be like, what's the word for this? And I'm like, we don't actually have a word for that. And, and trying to translate the thing. And it was like, ooh, that's a, there's a big gap there where we're not able to communicate properly between those two words. And she was like, no, absolutely not. And so um, I said, you know, I'm having trouble with the idea that we, um, you know, we're with God or or Jesus for however many eons, right? And then we get sent down here to this rusty, dusty ghetto planet. And (laughs) we have all this suffering and all this stuff. And if we're lucky, we get 80 to 90 years to try to figure out this concept um, that's been written in a book that has no typos. And, and from that, based on that, then we are sent to a fiery death or we make the reward of passing the test. And I said, I would have to believe in a tyrant and a narcissist to believe that he would continue that cycle over and over yeah. and over, a very broken cycle of saying, okay, my child's or my, my love, the one that I've let you experience all this love and, and kindness and, and awareness 
And then I've sent you here for this test to see if you prove your love to me, if you can find me again or whatever. And if I'll put you over in Iran where they don't believe in me at all and, and test your, your willingness to be able to find me. And, and if not SOL, and I was, and I said, I can't, I can't believe in that. And so um, what's, what's moving about the way that you speak about that. And I've, I've rediscovered Jesus as an ascended master, another uh, uh, entity, if you will, uh, who's here to bring our higher, uh, raise our consciousness. Um, I've even read the, the law of one. Have you heard of that? I have not. It's a book, a channeled book, another work or whatever. Um, and I don't count it as Bible either, but like, that's, sorry, that's a funny phrase in the context <laughs> of what we're talking about. Um, but uh, it was interesting to, to kind of read through that and see how like they say very similar things to what you're saying as far as like, no, every experience we're meant to have because this is the development of our soul in some kind of way. And each path that we are taking, it can all be a path counted towards the divine in some kind of way. So for you, when you, when you went through that and you had that kind of um, awareness about this transition that everybody's, I love that analogy, like breaking this hole in the veil or whatever, then is that, is that the purpose? Is that why we're here? Like, what's the whole point of sending a soul down to this ghetto planet, as I said, Um, you know, to have this experience, what is, what's the point? Yeah. So there were. I didn't ask that exact question, but there were several experiences I had that, that may add some color to the conversation. Mm -hmm. And so one of them was in the context of the contrast between the incredible judgment we feel here and the love that's there. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, you know, sucking a lemon right before you have some sugar or something. And so there was there's there's something of a thrill and another component of that was looking at, at again some of the places that I judge myself the hardest for and said oh wow I messed that up and I shouldn't have done that or um you know how can I move past that in my life because it was such a hard moment and then the quality of the joy there I I have the hardest time describing it because there really there isn't an analogy analogous term in this world for the feeling that's there. But if you could feel something, and I hesitate to use the word holiness because it's it's been so misused by religion, but a sense of just inner opening in a way that causes you to feel euphoria beyond imagination, that um, causes you to feel absolute acceptance, love, and a sense of, oh yes, this is why we did it. And I am so glad. So it wasn't like an answer in itself, but there was a feeling of that thing that I hated was the most important experience in my life. Hmm. And I am so glad that I went through it because it has now become part of the joy that I'm experiencing in this release on the other side. Contrast. And contrast. So, so part of it, I would say is contrast. Um, Another part of it, uh, which surprised me is that Jesus then led me into the presence of somebody that was identified as God. Um, And again, it was that explosion of the heart as if I'd never felt any kind of joy before. And it was just in a whole new level of the experience of love, of of acceptance. And there was this moment, a couple of moments that that came in there. One where I'm looking at God and thinking, wait, (laughs) I thought that Jesus had to intercede with God because he was kind of crotchety. <laughs> and, and yet, <laughs> um, 
but he was more loving than Jesus, if such a thing is possible. And was just, it was this thing of, oh, that's where Jesus learned it from. I get it. Mm -hmm. Like, and Jesus is like us, he's learning, he's growing, but, but there is this being who is the fullness of this thing we call love, which is, um, less a codependent emotion like we experience here and more like a living intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just an envelopment of living intelligence. And so uh, anyway, so as I am conversing with God, there was, there were things that were taking place in the, in kind of the periphery of my vision. And I was aware of some beings carrying what I thought of as presents or gifts to God Mm-hmm. And without having any conversation about what those gifts were, I saw that they were my unique experiences, my unique perspectives, mm-hmm. that there was this understanding that no one else in this world had my parents. No one else with my parents grew up in Florida with the kind of Southern background that I had. And then later the religious background that I had, no one was wrestling with the um, the right or the wrong of the matters that were in my life. And I was the only one in the world that could analyze truth with the specific blinders that I came into this world with. Mm-hmm. And that something about that process, that analysis was valuable to God. Like it, it brought him joy. It brought almost like it brought him deeper understanding of his own joy as it were. This is what people say about like the universe experiencing itself, like trying to gain like more experiences of it. It's it's the same thing. I love that. Same thing. And maybe different symbols that I'm being shown here different, but, but the same concept Um, because that was, that was the understanding I was given is not only was I having this experience, but every person on the face of the earth you know, from the, the beggar on the street to, you know, the president to whomever, they're all having these wrestles with truth, with understanding, with right, with wrong, with um, pain, with joy. And that each one is like an individual scientist as it were, just going into the matrix of life and recording in their body, the experiences, like the Mm -hmm. lessons from the experiences that they're having. And then they bring those lessons back. It expands the potential for joy in the universe, which as we let go of our limitations of, I am this body and I can only feel my own joy. As we start to let go of that and feel into the collective, then everything that everybody in this world adds to the collective becomes part of our inheritance. We become joint heirs with Jesus to all that is to everything. Brent, you're blowing my mind here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's rare that I say that um, because it's so aligned, it's so aligned with um, my own experience and feeling like when I escaped the box and, or the fish bowl, if you will, and got into the ocean and got to see how expansive um, this process was and what this looked like and what it, what we could bring to it, man, it was the most liberating feeling that I could ever, ever experience and explain. Um something that I think is interesting is like, let's talk about reincarnation for a second. Um, the, the can, if you believe in that, the, the, the constant coming back here to continue to experience that contrast and continue to evolve. Um, did you have any feedback about that and what that looked like? You said that you experienced your life before you got here. 
And um, what that felt like, did you have any other experiences that drew in other possible uh, lifetimes or anything? Yeah. So my third experience on the other side, uh, I was shown, I went through a series of other lifetimes. And again, coming out of this Christian background where there's no room for um, past lives or anything related to it, I was just left a little bit speechless because there was this sense of, I am in my own I'm, I'm in my own space. I'm having my own experience, or I'm, I'm not saying this correctly, but <laughs> um, I'm seeing through somebody else's eyes and they, but it doesn't feel like I'm seeing through somebody else's eyes. I'm seeing through my eyes. I'm having my memories, but it's of another lifetime. And so it's very uh, strange sensation for me. But on top of that, uh, you know, like the first memory that came back to me, I was in mainland China somewhere. And, you know, like the signs and the buildings and the architecture look like it was from, you know, the mid 18th, mid 18th century to the 19th, somewhere in that ballpark. And as um, Lao Zen was, was the name that I had at that time that I was called. And I came into the presence of my spiritual master in that lifetime in a very similar way that I had experienced Jesus in this lifetime. And so I'm having like this individual's most sacred experience in another religion as they're coming into a divine space that's like not a divine space that I would recognize in this life. And I'm feeling their emotions. I'm feeling the authenticity of it, the, the depth of it, the, that same sense of salvation, but in another religion. And that was just wild to me. And wow. so I went through several of these experiences. Another one where, because as soon as I came out of that one, I went into another one where uh, it was a Christian past life. Um, and then I went into a Hindu one. And each one, I was shown the highlight, the, the peak spiritual experience from that individual's life. And it was just this contrast of here's this one color, here's another, and here's another. And, and then being left at the end of it wondering, what do I, I just had three experiences with God through three different people's eyes. And they're all wow. coming from a, from a perspective that's different from my own. I mean, even in Christianity, you've got different flavors of Christianity. Right. <clears throat> and so just realizing there's more than one way <laughs> and <laughs> not knowing what to do with that, where to go with it. Uh, Cause it was the point where I'm like, okay, my religion no longer has any of the answers I'm looking for. <laughs> and that was the point where I felt Jesus very directly leading me to start studying with other spiritual paths to start. Um, you know, I studied energy healing for a while. I lived in a Hindu ashram, you know, I've started going around and, and having experiences in other places because I felt like he's saying there's more truth out there. Hmm. He was more interested in my growth and me feeling love in this life and manifesting love in this life than he was in me staying in a specific religion or mindset. Mm. That is, that's so powerful because there's so, okay, I'm, I'm just going to break it down here real quick because <laughs> I'm having an emotional reaction to what you're saying, because there's so much healing behind the, what I feel personally behind the triggers I feel with the, even the name Jesus. 
And yeah. in the last two years or so, I've been really trying to reconcile that and get to a place where it's like, okay, I understand that they're just the, the, what, what I believed growing up have, has put such a bad taste in my mouth for, I believe an entity who could be really positive and helpful and loving and wonderful. And I haven't had the opportunity to be able to key into that particular frequency. I work with ISIS. I work with um, a lot of Hindu energy as well. Like I have a lot of connections with Buddha as well. And, and I haven't been able to do that with Jesus, particularly because of the way that I was raised. And I think this will be super freeing for a lot of people who were also raised under that. I get messages all the time about people who said, who listened to our second episode, which was about religion. Um, when the audio was still crap on the show, <laughs> <laughs> it's one of our most listened to episodes. And it was like one of the very first ones, but where we talk about our experience in religion. And I'm sure a lot of people who have other religious experiences around the world could, could very much relate to the same about how humans, uh, and judgment have taken over some of the right overriding messages of truth that are trying to get to us but have been suppressed for such a long time and as we continue to wake up we continue to poke holes in that veil and that illusion to get to a space where we can actually understand any type of truth it's hard for those of us that are going through this awakening process because I, I think whether we're talking about western culture or eastern culture we're all running up against the bounds that our ancestors held like all the traditions, all the rules, all the right ways of doing it. And we're having to confront those external laws with the wisdom that we are feeling inside. And it's this question of, are you still going to play this game where all these pretend rules mean something? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to actually start listening to the light that is inside of you and start walking with it? But I, I love that um, you're finding some healing in this context and in, in the conversation about Jesus specifically. I, I feel like every religion, every culture, it's like each one has a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. You know, the old Hindu parable about the elephant and the, the six blind men coming to the elephant, one finds the tail and one finds the trunk and the other the leg. And they're arguing with each other over what the nature of the elephant's like. And it, it's just kind of like this comedy thing going on where it's because of their, their actual encounter with the elephant that they can't see what they're not seeing. Mm -hmm. um, but I always thought that meant that, you know, all the paths led to the same location. And in a sense they do, because they all led to the elephant, but the experience of the tusk of the elephant is an entirely different experience than the tail or the leg or the side of the elephant. And so there's this additional recognition that even though they all lead to God, they lead to different experiences of God. Mm -hmm. They're different flavors. They're different pieces of the puzzle. And there was, as I went through this whole process, there was a, a feeling of one of the things that we are missing is that we're not working together yet. Mm -hmm. We, we kind of have our, and, and we all do it. I do this. Um, there is a sense of I've had my experiences with God. So therefore I know what's right. And all these other people, they're, they're just missing the mark. They're, they're not quite hitting it mm -hmm. instead of listening to people looking for ways to validate our own point, point of view, we could be listening to them to see how they're uniquely experiencing God and how their unique experience contributes to our own. Mm -hmm. What can we draw from it that expands our own understanding? Because we need to start assembling the puzzle pieces of the different cultures if we're actually going to unlock the transition of the earth. This is a big part of poking those holes. Mm -hmm. Is it, I, I didn't just, Jesus didn't just show me Christians working through their generational stuff in order for the, the world to rise. He was showing me people from all over and all the different cultures. 
-hmm. They were all poking holes. And it was necessary because we each carry like a certain weight, like, like your, the consciousness that you've struggled with, that, that you've come with, with, from your religion, from your family, um, there's no one else that's just like you. And you're perfectly suited, perfectly spaced and positioned to release those hurts, those fears, and those judgments. So all that icky stuff that you feel around Jesus is exactly the stuff that really gets to be healed. Mm -hmm. And to be let go to, to create that expansive space so that um, you, your corner of the world can be a little bit cleaner, a little bit lighter, and more prepared to move through this veil into this beautiful divine space. Amen. <laughs> it's, 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 it's really incredible because essentially this whole podcast is about that like moving people into different experiences to ask them questions, um, to get curious about experiences that are different than our own, um, the wacky woo woo and the, you know, the religion and everything, um, to cover so people can make up their own mind about what, what they're healing around or what they want to, um, you know, investigate in or open their mind to. And so, um, it's, it's, yes, I love, I love all of this. <laughs> now I want to go into, um, you have, you talk about a little bit about the concept of manifestation and how it's aligned with spiritual and religious filters. Can you talk to me a little bit more about that? Sure thing. So during my second experience, while I was talking to God, <clears throat> um, kind of at the end of our conversation, he asked me if I wanted a tour of heaven. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, this is great. This is amazing. Cause I just, I was looking forward to anything you wanted to show me. Yeah. And so travel. <laughs> yeah, travel. So, so instead of showing me people and buildings and other places, he shows me the kind of thing that my heart delights in because the, the experience of heaven above everything else is such a personal experience. It's tailored for your joy. Otherwise it wouldn't be heaven, right. but he's showing me the structure, like the principle in consciousness on which heaven works. And he's showing me that there was a light that permeated everything. It's like a living intelligence that just was, was the substance from which everything is created and made. And I saw that that light was in him. It was in me. It was in everything. And that light, for, for lack of a better word, could be called God. Mm -hmm. um, so so I'm, I'm talking with a being who's a fullness of this light, but I'm also aware of the light itself. Right. Um, and then he shows me, and by showing, it's like he's talking but again, this being an experiential conversation, his words, as he would talk, I would see them almost like physical. They would go into my heart. And as soon as they would hit my heart, they would go out into the light. And as they would go out into the light, they would bring back to me what it was that he just said. Hmm. And so I'm having a real-time experience where he's saying the nature of heaven, where it never gets old, where it's always increasing, always expanding, is based on the light itself that this light is in everything. And you don't have to know how it works. All you need to do is know that it does work, that whatever you put in your heart goes into the light and comes back to you. So if you put in your heart, this belief that there is more, then there is more. Mm -hmm. And so as he's having this conversation, the words are going to my heart, goes out in the light, and I feel my heart explode as I go through, as it were, a whole nother veil into even more joy that, that brings me back to my knees again, just weeping of like, this is so intense, so beautiful. And so at that time, 
he also showed me that the same principle applied in my life here in this world. Mm -hmm. And he was showing me like the different creations in my life, almost like they were a a three-dimensional painting. And where uh, all the different things that I was creating across time and, and across space that they, they had a certain color to them, but certain parts of my painting didn't have light in them yet. Mm-hmm. I had not infused them with energy. And he was showing me that as I painted with this light, as I, as I put intention into my heart and it went into the light, that it would bring back to me what I was sending out. Mm-hmm. And that this was the means for the transition of the earth into the higher state. This was the kind of the, the piece of the puzzle that completed what Jesus had already shown me mm-hmm. was that as we purify our hearts, meaning we let go of these hurts and these fears and these guilts and these shames that have held down our society for generations, um, they, we stop manifesting on autopilot. We stop manifesting the subconscious garbage of the past. We stop manifesting the limitations of the consciousness of the past. Mm -hmm. And we start plugging into a higher intelligence, a higher love that this manifestation, it was bigger than us. It wasn't like, okay, wow, it would be heaven if I could just manifest a new house and a new car. And, and all those things are cool. And there, there are potentials within manifestation, but they're almost irrelevant to the learning that our individual spirits are, are having here. Mm-hmm. And that if we're honest with ourselves, it's not the car that gives us the happiness. It is the freedom from the need for it. It is the freedom Ooh, from the structures that have bound us. You got to say that again. <laughs> <laughs> These are good quotables. <laughs> it's not the car that gives us happiness. It is the freedom from the need for it. It's not the relationship that gives us the happiness. It's the freedom from the need for it. And the surprising thing is, is so many of these things that, that we think will bring us joy. As soon as we let them go, some of them we don't even want anymore, but the ones we still do want find a way of showing up in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I've had this happen so many times, like I just, again and again, where I'd be after this experience, I was back in my body and I'm thinking, okay, I don't know what to do with that. And the, the distance between me and the other side being thinner, I, I would hear voices on a lot more regular basis and they would start leading me and, and kind of telling me things about this is how you use it. This is how you manifest things. And so I've, I've seen it applied over and over again. Um, but the primary concept here was, and, and I got to play with it for some trivial things. You know, I've manifested stuff as, as silly as brownies and um, yeah, I don't know, just, just whatever, you know, you're, I, I went on a cookie diet for a year because I was like, I want to let go of this belief that my body is is based off of the food that I'm eating and that I can eat basically anything and, and find joy in it. So I just lived on nothing but cookies for a year. Um, <laughs> and I, I, so I used to manifest uh, cookies, free cookies. So mm-hmm. the quality of my day was based on the number of free cookies I could manifest in a day. <laughs> I'd walk into a store and they're like, congratulations, you're the hundredth customer today. You get a free cookie. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I so knew like, Today's a three cookie day. <laughs> Um, I think that's so, so, so we can, cool though. <laughs> like, I mean, just like in, in, in context, like we talk a lot on the show about manifestation and your, your key to what you said about it is, it is not the car that makes you happy is the freedom from the need of it. And yes. like, to me, that's such a powerful statement because it is the need and the urgency and the scarcity that brings us into the frequency of we are without. 
And so we're always talking about trying to create the feeling of having it now, because that ends up freeing you from the need of it. Thus, then it brings it into your life. Um, I just got a new car and I've been, I've wanted a a Land Rover forever. Okay. Like, and this sounds, and I, as I even hesitate cringe as I say it, cause I'm like, it's one of those things like, uh, you know, um, and, and I got an old one cause I, I like the older models. And I was like, I really want this car because this car feels like me. And I like how it sits up high and it's safe, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the shame I felt about around manifesting something I've actually wanted for a long time because it didn't match the image of the withoutness that I've had for such a long time. And so in this, like, you, you don't know me that well, um, but this whole year I've manifested um, a soulmate, a house, a baby, a car, a family, like all of these amazing things in this year that everybody was like, it's the worst year ever. And I was like, I feel bad because it's been actually my best, best year ever. Um, business, the whole deal. And, and what I've noticed is, is that it, the freedom that I've experienced because I have no need for these things anymore. And it's not that I don't enjoy them. I love them, but it's like, I, I don't have to think about it. It's not something that's weighing me down anymore. So I thought that was so powerful, but more than anything, how, how you connected that with, you know, essentially like this is, this is, and I haven't actually thought about this and I might do a podcast on this by myself, but the idea that like, we're not just here to manifest these smaller experiences like cookies and cars and houses um, that we can actually put into the universe that we would like connection with God. We would like spirituality. We would like ascension. We would like to be freed of the feeling of fear. We would like to be freed of our judgment, freed of our, freed of our scarcity and actually experience this love and be able to manifest that. Yes. Yes. Very much that because if if you really think about it, if all of the problems in the world around us are manifested out of the knot of consciousness that currently binds us. Mm -hmm. So out of our current ego mind, Mm -hmm. then the best solutions you come up with that are given to you by that same ego mind are just going to propagate the problem. Right. And so the, so it's beautiful to have these experiences with manifestation because you realize, well, I'm not a victim, but then you start to recognize that you don't have the intelligence within your own body to free yourself from the knot of complications that life has become. Right. And so at this point is where we start to open to this concept of a higher love, that there is intelligence beyond our own. And then we allow that intelligence, that love to manifest through us to start producing some of these things that you're talking about, connection, freedom from fear, liberation. Um, And we're talking about real change in our lives at that point in time, because no longer are we trying to define ourselves by the material items that we accumulate mm-hmm. or the relationships that we have. Um, but we start to experience that inner transformation where there is an ongoing deepening sense of liberation. The load on our shoulders gets lighter. The weight on our hearts is relieved. And that is a very real process of us as individuals starting to do the healing for all these past generations, starting to come through into that sacred space in a way that our lives and the world and our space starts to change. Mm -hmm. Very much like you said that this year, this pandemic, the world went to shit, right? Mm -hmm. But you had an amazing year. 
because your manifestations were no longer plugged into what the world is doing. Mm -hmm. And so this is really about each of us unplugging from the unconscious creations of the rest of the world and, and no longer powering that with our attention, no longer powering that with our creations, but starting to open our hearts to say, what is truly joyful in my heart? Because I think most of us don't even comprehend what joy is yet. Mm-hmm. And so if we can start to open and say, if I were loved in a way that is so accepting, so completely enveloping, what would the most beautiful thing in my heart be just to have the courage to even look at it? Mm-hmm. I find that manifestation is less a technique and more the courage to actually see what is truly in our hearts. Mm. to be honest with ourselves about what's there. And it's like the moment you see it and there's real connection of, oh yeah, that's what's in my heart. It tends to show up almost immediately. Yep. And the other thing I found about manifestation is that it's, it's um, if I do it less to see something show up in my life physically and more because I recognize that there is massive healing that takes place in my heart every time I do. Yeah. Because it's about me releasing the need I'm being liberated from an oppressive emotion that said I had to have this thing in order to be happy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm starting to feel greater liberation, greater joy. I'm feeling healing where I come out of the experience of, of, um, of feeling that space in a way that causes tears to come out of my eyes at times to, to feel like, thank you, God, that I had that experience. And then all of a sudden I no longer care about even having it in the physical world because I had it so deeply. It's like, I just got out of a buffet. I don't care to go eat anymore. Right. <laughs> I'm full. <laughs> yeah. And that's the moment where letting go happens easily and naturally because you've healed. Mm-hmm. When we go through the process in a way that heals us, there's no need to force letting go. It just happens automatically because you're healed. I love that. And it, it spurs an immediate question. <laughs> sure. Um, so in your experience in speaking with Jesus, I don't know if this came up, but um, through this process of healing, does our soul choose to be here? Do we choose to come down and have this experience? Um, you know, if we were provided with the love and yes, I know that we've talked about contrast, that there would be a willingness to find contrast. Um, but what is it about earth or being here particularly that causes us so much anguish that we need to heal from that is a delightful question i don't have the answers to (laughs) (laughs) this may be one of my one of the things that i ponder the most um in all of those things because all of all everything that you've said i'm i'm aligns with me and i totally understand and get the thing that sits with me the most is, is like, did I choose to come here? Um, do I continue to, the choice, to come back? Yeah. The choice is, I feel yes, mm-hmm. that we, that one, I mean, cause even on the other side, I, I gave God all these gifts of my life lessons. And I was told that I was complete, that my process was complete. And what I understood is like, oh, whatever I came down to do in this life, I'm done with. Mm-hmm. And so, and if you wanted to translate that, you could say, well, potentially you get to stay. But that wasn't even a thought that came through my heart of like, oh, great, I'm going to stay. It was like, yes, I'm going back because that means I'm entering into the next phase. I completed phase one. Now I get to do the extra credit. I get to do. (laughs) Were you that kind of kid in school? (laughs) I was. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But 
you know, is this sense of you had all these beautiful experiences before you knew what was here on the other side, when you were just like stuck in your, your religious um, structure and your understanding of life. And now that you've experienced God, that you've experienced absolute liberation, you're going to go back in that shell <laughs> and it's going to feel like hell, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you're going to have a whole new set of perspectives to wrestle with and uh, opportunities to learn, to understand. And it's like in that heavenly space, I didn't even consider that there was any alternative other than coming back. And it wasn't like God saying, you have to go back. There's just this sense of choice, but there was an acknowledgement that this was my choice. There was ownership in it of, I am doing this because I'm having a good time. Mm -hmm. Now, (laughs) the me who's here in this body doesn't always feel that way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Me either. (laughs) Um, so Brent, I, I feel like I could talk to you all day about this stuff and we're actually going to go to Patreon and talk for a little bit longer. Um, but before we go, can you tell people about your book and where to buy it, where to find you and so on? Sure thing. So my book is bringing heaven home by Dr. Brent Satterfield, and you can find it on Amazon. It's in paperback and Kindle. Hopefully in a few weeks, we'll have an audio version too. Uh, but right now on Amazon, paperback and Kindle, bringing heaven home, uh, they can reach out to me or, or connect with me at innerworldmovement.com. That's a, a group of people like myself who just decided that because we know something in our heads of, of oh, wait, I want to be more aware of my emotions. I want to start working on this stuff that they may not know the steps. And so we are one more option to just put up there with everything else of, of a place you can go to learn these things and to connect with others who are going through the process. That's innerworldmovement.com. You can also follow us on Instagram uh, at innerworldmovement. And we look forward to hearing from you. So, Yeah. Like guys, I hope that you like this episode as much as I do. Like, I think that what you've brought to the table, um, it was such a, I would say it was communicated so softly, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) gently, I should say. Um, so gently about, about the love that can be received and the way in which religion in a lot of ways has kept us in a box from us really experiencing God, Jesus, angels, you know, Buddha, whoever, um, in ways that can expand our experience uh, spiritually. And I, you know, I think a lot of my, my listeners wrestle with feeling like they're not in the right thing. Like, am I believing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Am I this? And this to me provides an immense amount of liberation for them. So thank you so much for being on the show. Guys, go buy his shit. Uh, If you like this episode, please send it to someone you love. We're going to head over to Patreon and we will see you in the next episode. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with someone you love. And if you're interested in becoming a client for energy coaching or card readings, find me at thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do and to book your own session. And don't forget to add me on the lovely Aaliyah on Instagram for daily content and inspiration and hang out with me on Patreon. As always, thank you for listening.